once you're Disney, you sort of end up making Disney like your entire life. Yeah. So I mean, we have I, a podcast, so I get yeah. it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. A podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And today we're excited to have a guest on who was actually recommended to us by another listener. And so we found Jonathan kind of circuitously <laughs> through another listener. And so we're excited to have him on because he's got a lot of unique experiences to share. So welcome, Jonathan. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming. And thank you to my friend who thought I might have some interesting stories to share. Well, yeah. well, we'll see how much you're thinking here at the end of this, I suppose. But um, <laughs> Well, we always like to start our show off with folks' general Disney background. And I think you've got a fairly unique background in part because you and your wife met at the college pro, the Disney college program. So, yeah. So t- tell us about your Disney background, Jonathan. Well, I, I grew up in the 1980s, sort of a Disney kid. Pretty much, you know, anytime there was an animated movie out, you know, that was something my mother was like, okay, we can take him to this. When I found out about Disney World, it was kind of over the moon. We we actually, the very first time we went to Walt Disney World was actually, it coincided with my birthday, which I think that's probably what cemented my love for it because it sort of felt like all the other people were just there, but I was there for my birthday. So it was really, it was really my vacation, not so much my family's. And then we ch- we checked in. We stayed at Fort Wilderness, and that night, as a product, probably too much excitement and too much late night pizza, I was violently ill. Oh no! So <laughs> I, I spent my eighth birthday recovering from about the flu. But on the other hand, I did get to see the wonderful nursing facilities at Epcot Center. <laughs> the staff there were just tremendous. So let's see. I went to Disney World a, a whole bunch throughout the rest of, sort of my childhood, my teenage years. And then once I started college, I saw you know a recruitment uh, banner in the student center saying that you know Walt Disney World was going to be sending some representatives to look for people to come down and work and earn college credit. I was, of course, out of my mind with excitement. Had you heard of the college program before you saw that banner? I have not. I hadn't heard a, a thing about it. So I, you know, I went to the presentation, signed up and had my interview. It, I guess, went well enough. And that was about, that was just about 20 years ago. So yeah, so Disney has kind of been my life just for the last 20 years. I was uh, assigned to quick service food and beverage. I was checking in and they were like, hey, we've got a position open in lifeguarding. You'd be working, you know, one of the resorts or possibly, you know, one of the uh, water parks. And I was briefly very tempted, but I sort of mentally prepared myself going down for what I was going to be doing. Right, right. And did you have an expectation you were going to be in the theme parks when you were doing quick service food and beverage as well? I, I had um, I had Animal Kingdom food and beverage. Oh, gotcha. Sure they, yeah. Yeah. They told me ahead of time I'd be not the location in Animal Kingdom because there's a couple, obviously a couple different ones, but they told me at least what park I'd be in. I'm not the type of person to just change my mind like on the spot. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to think that I met my wife on the college program. And if I'd been a lifeguard, it's entirely possible our paths would not have intersected. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That split second decision could have changed the course of your life. It could have very easily. So where did you end up working and where was your now wife? So your future wife at the time, where was she working? I was working at Restaurantosaurus. Oh, I love Restaurantosaurus. <laughs> and what happened was our final day of overall training, like orientation, 
And at one of the tables was my future wife, Angela, and another girl who'd been assigned to Restaurantosaurus. The other girl, her name was Gretchen. The two of us were paired up for training. The next day, my wife had her first day. And because my partner Gretchen already knew her, when we went into the, the cast cafe in the morning, she was like, oh, this is, this is Angela. Later that, uh, later that day, she offered myself and Gretchen a ride back to the, uh, the apartment. And of course, anyone who had a car on the college program was, was very valued. <laughs> right. Much like college in general, as I recall. <laughs> so she offered us both a ride home. So I'm in the back seat. I'm just listening to them talk. I'm not saying a word. And I find out later that the whole time, Angela thought I must hate her. And the truth of it was, I was so like entranced by her. Aww. And like listening to her like tell these stories, I was like, I don't want to say anything. I'm like, I just want to sit back here and like listen. Oh, and you didn't want to screw it up by saying something stupid, right? No, I mean... which believe me, something that comes very easily to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that story. When did you guys start dating then? Fairly quickly. We met on February the 13th. And by March 6th, we had our first date. We were always finding excuses to like be around each other. Like if I had to, to stay, you know, and I'm like prepping food for the next day, she'd be like, oh, I'll hang back. I'll help you chop up the broccoli. And finally, I asked her just to hang out at Epcot for a night. We spent the night just walking around the World Showcase and talking. And I think both of us instantly felt like it felt like we'd been best friends like for years. And that was it. That was it for us. This was, program is just one semester, right? So you guys are sort of supposed to leave Florida at the end of what, May or around, somewhere mid-May or end of May, depending upon when your semester ends? Yeah, there's yeah, there's like there back then, I don't know if they still do it the same way. There was a, a spring program and a spring advantage program. And advantage lasts until August and spring lasts until May. So we were just there for the spring. So what happened? You're leaving us all like hanging. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I ever moved this fast. I can't believe that we moved this fast. Because looking back, if I had to give advice to a 20-year-old, I'd say try not to fall in love with someone who doesn't live within at least 600 miles of you. Right. Because <laughs> that would be difficult. Now, was she in school in Massachusetts at the time? She was in school in Indiana. Driving to Indiana and back, that's, that's a hike. So we started dating in March, and within, I'd say like a, a month there's definitely the expectation that this was going to be a long term. So in May, we drove to Delaware, where we were going to be for a few days. After that, she was actually going to spend the summer of that year in Massachusetts, before she's going back to Indiana for, for school. So while we were in Delaware, we basically we took a trip down to the Jersey Shore, and you know, like seven o'clock with the sun setting, I proposed. Oh my God. And she went back to Massachusetts, then to Indiana, and we just we visited. You know, we did the long distance thing for a whole school year, and then the next summer, two thousand two, she came out to spend the summer with me. And in fall, she was supposed to go back to school, but after spending the summer together, we were like, "What if we just kind of changed our plans?" So she dropped out of school for the time being, moved in with me, and then the following year, we got married. We've been married for. 17 and a half years. Yes, it's kind of a whirlwind love story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what's your experience been with, with the sort of the Disney parks and Disney cruise line since you two got married? Do you visit the parks a lot? Have you like, what, what's your, what's your park and cruise experience like? 
Well, the funny thing is, so we started on a college program in spring of 2001. In December of 2001, we went back to Disney World. So basically, we just started going back as often as we could justify it financially. So well, we went back in 2001, 2004, uh, 7, 8, 9. We were there for my 30th birthday. So yeah, and she always kind of wanted to check out the cruise. And I was like, yeah, but the thing is, if we go to Florida... Orlando, I'm gonna want to go to Disney World. So eventually she convinces me. So for our 10 year anniversary in March of 2011, like, let's do it. Let's do the cruise. And that was, that was the dream, the dream to do the cruise on the actual ship, the dream. So, and that was our first cruise. And how many, how many Disney cruises have you been on since? That was our first. We've been on nine total since just 2011. So basically one, one a year. Yeah, basically. Because there's been a couple of years where we haven't gone at all due to various you know life situations. So we went on two in 2012 and we went on two in 2017. Yeah. And you've been on all four ships, if I, if I remember our email exchange correctly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We started in the dream in 2011 and then did the magic twice in 2012. Even now, those are probably some of the best we've been on. We did the Canada cruise in 2012 with my mother and my wife's sister. And having like multiple family members there, it sort of just increases the magic like exponentially. After that, we went on the Fantasy in 2014, which was shortly after that one debuted. Finally capped it off with the Wonder in 2017. And which, uh, what, what kind of itineraries have you sailed with Disney Cruise Line? Well, let's see. We've done, we've done two cruises out of New York to Canada, which I always love because I love cold weather. I love, you know, sort of the Maritimes up in Canada. And I just, there's something really weirdly magical about being on a cruise ship with a pool and a hot tub just off the, the bow instead of being like this tropical island is like, you know, it's a little chilly. You're wearing like a sweatshirt. You're wearing a sweater. It's just... It's just such a different experience. So we've done the Canada, we've done Bahamas, we've done Eastern and Western Caribbean. So yeah, hopefully someday we'll add Alaska to that. Oh yeah, that's something we want to do too. We we've got a we've got an Alaska cruise booked in a couple of years. Well, in twenty twenty two, actually on Norwegian. Um, that'll be our first time trying Norwegian. We kind of want to do the compare and the cost differential between you know Disney and and the other cruise lines for Alaska is is pretty significant, and it also sails out of Seattle versus Vancouver. And so that's kind of why we, a couple different reasons why we decided to try Norwegian. So you've mentioned the dream several times here, and I wanted to sort of shift gears for a second because I know one of the things you- Your first cruise. Yeah, your first cruise was on the dream. And you actually, I think you mentioned it was like within probably the first month that the dream started sailing. So what was it like to be on- the dream kind of at the start of its life. And have you been back since? And how does it compare? We've been on the dream, actually, I think probably tied with the magic for the most cruises, because at first we really, we preferred the dream over the magic at first, I think just because we liked the the bigger ship, the more activities, the, you know, the extra decks. We were on the dream in 2011 and then 2013, we were on the dream again. And pretty much any time we really want to do a cruise, but we don't have a lot of time to devote. We end up back on the dream just for those, like those four night itineraries. Right. And then you can hit the parks for a couple of days too. That's actually what we did uh, on our very first cruise. We did the three nights on the dream and then we did two days and one night in Disney world. But also that's, man, that's really eye opening because you go the whole cruise and you're sort of paying for stuff, but you sort of aren't like at the end of, at the end of your dinner, if you've eaten like three entrees, four desserts, <laughs> It doesn't cost it's you anything. It's the same cost yeah. if you just eat one of everything. Right. Then you go to Disney World and you go to like the Rose and Crown in UK and you get your check and you're like, how did I spend $100? <laughs> 
And of course, that's what it would have cost if you saw your bill on the ship, but you don't say it. And we, we say the same thing. That's why when we do parks and cruise it, or when people ask us parks, cruise in what order, we tell them typically park first. One, one, it's not, you know, parks, not relaxing like the cruise. You can, you know, relax quite a bit. And so you need rest days essentially after the parks days. If you if you do the parks like we do. And then the same with the cost, right? Like you feel like you're paying for everything at the parks and that's normal. But if you do it the reverse, you're like, wait, I have to pay now. Yeah. <laughs> And and you find that you've because you've been on the ship, you find that you're like you're not accustomed to having to pay for things. Yeah, and your appetite really, is bigger. Yeah, your appetite has like expanded by virtue of the fact that anytime you want it, you can eat something. You know, room service is twenty four hours. If you just want a hamburger, or a cheeseburger, a hot dog, pizza, a Mickey bar. Yeah, so you literally you spend the entire time if you have even like the smallest twang of hunger, you eat something. And then you find when you get to Disney World and you've still got this immense appetite and all of a sudden everything is just sticker shock. Yeah, yeah. The Mickey bar is $6 or something. $6. (laughs) And you're like, wait a second. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I just had that for free at, des- at dessert. <laughs> so what, what, I guess on that sort of first sailing on the dream, what, what, did you notice anything unique about the ship at that point or anything that's changed over time? Like what, was there anything special about the sailing that they did? We were kind of captivated by everything because we'd never been on a ship. Sort of the second you step into the lobby, we were sort of like standing there, mouths agape, you know, looking at everything. And of course, just, I think it took us probably like an hour just to sort of take it all in just because you know, we'd never seen anything like it. And, you know, having the, the aqueduct, you know, this idea of like being on a water slide on top of a boat. And then we were really into the, uh, the stage shows. Both of us have uh, theater backgrounds. So when we got on the ships, we got on the dream and, you know, we're sitting there for the golden Mickey's kind of just took our breath away seeing like, just, I'm like, how can, how can you dance when the ship is moving, what if you feel it rock to the left and you're going to fall down? I'm like, these people are incredible. They are. I mean, they do get used to it, but they are incredible. The The juggling guys, uh, even more incredible, I think. <laughs> so we actually, we saw Tangled the first time on that cruise, which we actually, if we know we have a cruise and there's a Disney movie coming out, we tend to not see it here so that we can see it on the ship. We do the same. Yeah. Tangled, Frozen, and Coco, I think we all saw for the first time on board one of the ships. Basically, everything is a little bit more fun on a ship. Yeah, absolutely. Any act, like, even if you're sitting and, like, reading a book or watching a movie or you're eating a meal, just the restaurants and the ambiance take it to another level. And that that first cruise actually was fairly unique for one particular reason, in that we didn't know that you could request seating arrangements. So we ended up sitting with other couples, which was something we'd we'd never done. That was a little awkward, like, because the first night we we were with this couple and they were... We're sort of like, we're a little shy, especially around new people. And apparently they were the same way because we're sitting there and none, no one is saying a word, <laughs> you know. And it's weird to have a conversation with just one other person if another couple is across from you. You feel like, you know, you're not It's awkward, not being, yeah. Yeah, it's awkward. And then the second night, though, the first couple went to Palo and another couple was with us. And we spent the whole meal talking and... It felt like we had so much in common. And you know what happened the third night? We saw them sitting with another couple at another table. Oh, funny. They, they left us. <laughs> we, we, we thought we had something special. And, <laughs> and they broke up with you. They, they, they apparently didn't feel the same. They went to another table. <laughs> 
I'm sorry I'm laughing, but it's funny. It's one of those, it is a weird experience. I do think some people, if you go in not knowing that that's what's going to yeah. happen, it can be really, really weird and, and awkward. And if you're people who don't want that experience, you can request not to, but it, it is kind of a funny thing. Yeah, we learned after that. Our second and third crews were both with families. So we were at one table, you know, with just ourselves, right. you know, the first with my mother, the second with my mother and our, my sister. But so then the next time a cruise came around and it was just the two of us, we called, you know, probably 30 days ahead of sailing and we're like, hey, can we request a table that's just the two of us? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. Like we can absolutely accommodate that. Like just double check when you check in. And they've always been, there's never been a time where they haven't been able to. So subsequent cruises were better in that respect. Yeah. We like to, with our son, we like to sort of, if it's just the three of us, we'll sort of leave it up to chance and and sit with another family. But if we're cruising with mom or any other friends, then we request a private table. Or if it's just the two of us, we've sailed a couple of times, just the two of us, and we've requested a, a private table. We are really friendly, or at least I am, but... Um, <laughs> But we still prefer, you know, when it's just the two of us, we want to have that alone time and, and, and meal time is that nice time. It's a chance to kind of, you know, just like unwind. You've got other people there. You kind of feel forced. It's a little performative. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you about another unique experience that you guys had. And you've done Star Wars Day at Sea, but you were, you in particular did the inaugural Star Wars Day at Sea. Do you, what ship was that on and, and what was that like? That was the fantasy. And that was sort of a kind of a wild cruise. Like it was the first, like it was the first Star Wars one. And it, we ran into some weather problems. So they had to, they had to divert, I think, around Cuba. And so we were sailing around Cuba and, you know, you could see like the island, you could see like the beaches. And I was like, it really felt like, oh, that's so cool. But the weather was a bit of a mess. Like we just kept hitting storm after storm. Couldn't dock at Castaway Key. The funniest thing on that cruise, this is my biggest brush with celebrity we're sitting on the the top deck and there's a table next to us and there's this family eating it's a mother father two children and all of a sudden someone comes up and starts chatting with turns out that the wife uh, went to school with the guy that came up and angela and i recognized him immediately because it was david burtka who is married to neil patrick harris who was standing right next not to five feet away oh my from God. us Oh my God. He was, he was literally at the toppings bar putting some toppings on his burger. And you're like, oh my God, that's Doogie Hauser. I'm freaking out because <laughs> between all of his like TV shows and movies and theater, my wife and I are like maybe some of the biggest Neil Patrick Harris like geeked out fans. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm trying to play so cool. But literally the wife at the table next to us went to high school with David Burka. And so they're just talking and he's like, he's like, oh, let me, let me get my husband over here. And, he, and Neil Patrick Harris comes walking up and he's <laughs> like, hey, I went to school with her. And he's like, oh, it's so cool to meet you. Like, what's he like in high school? And we're just sitting there like doing the try not to gawk, but gawk a little bit. Right. <laughs> he can't help. Yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, just be cool. Just be cool. Just be cool. Because yeah. if he thinks you're not cool, man, he may as well just jump overboard. <laughs> But yeah, apparently his their family was on board for the first the first Star Wars day. Well, and he's done a lot of hosting for Disney, like various celebrations like New Year's Eve and Christmas and stuff like that. I think he's done a ton of hosting with for them and, and with ABC. So when you booked, did you know it was a Star Wars Day at Sea cruise or? Yeah. Okay. 
And did you, yeah, we did. did you book specifically because of that? Yeah. So you guys are Star Wars fans, I take it. I'm probably the bigger Star Wars fan. If my wife were here, she'd be nodding vociferously. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like huge Star Wars fan and she's like a normal Star Wars fan. But she knew how crazy into it I was. Yeah. Have you been on a Star Wars day at sea since then? Or was that the only one you've been on? Because I'm interested to know if they've changed, you know, over time. That's the only one we've been on. Okay. Once you're Disney, you sort of end up making Disney like your entire life. Yeah. So I mean, we have I, a podcast, so I get yeah, it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. A podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, so I follow, you know, all the Disney cruise blogs and, you know, and I always very interested to see people's pictures and experiences for the day at sea, especially as our day at sea was sort of right when Force Awakens had just come out relatively recently. So it's interesting now to see, you know, the Star Wars day at sea people who go on those cruises just because now, you know, that entire trilogy has been released. Rogue One, Solo, you know, have been released. So there's, there's even more story out there. So it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. What I loved about the one we went on was all the little girls who were dressed as Rey. Mm-hmm. It, it was just cool to see like how Star Wars bridged gender. It bridged like race. You had like mm-hmm. generations. Yeah, generations. You could see just like the delight in all the parents' eyes, you know, watching their kids just like having the greatest time. Yeah, and and seeing their kids enjoy something that they grew up with, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy or the prequel trilogy. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to hopefully revisit the Star Wars day with my daughter once she's old enough, obviously, to have, you know, started sort of enjoying, hopefully, if she does enjoy <laughs> some of that. <laughs> obviously, I will share my love with it. And if she also loves it, so be it. Right. Well, now you can dress her up as the child from The Mandalorian, right? <laughs> We're we're already doing that for uh, for Halloween this year. I, I knew that was I knew that was going to be your answer. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And something you mentioned in the email that you you sent uh, when we were sort of trading email offline. You know, it's interesting. You said something I think along the lines of we were worried as like a childless couple would we really enjoy being on Disney Cruise Line? I'm wondering, like, what um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what what finally pushed you over the edge? Have you found? I think you exclusively sail Disney Cruise Line, so you've obviously found it to be a great option for you and your wife to sail adults only. So, like, what are some of the things that keep you coming back to Disney Cruise Line as adults? Definitely the food. I mean, clearly the food. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because before we went, we thought, you know, it would be kind of, you know, kid focused. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of amazing how much thought and effort Disney put into what adults could do, you know, separate from their kids or in our case, what childless couples could do. There's that whole adults only area that's so quiet. There's the coffee shop. If you do the rotational dining at the second seating, there's less kids. It's, you know, and it's, it's very, it's very peaceful and they've got so many fun activities. We're, we're trivia geeks. So pretty much like the day we board, we go through and see like, okay, for this entire cruise, what trivia is there? When is it? And we sort of, we plan around that. Do you, now you got to tell me, do you do the adults only trivia exclusively or do you do the family trivia also? Cause the family trivia has more Disney themed stuff. I feel like. Yeah, we do both. I don't know that we do all like, like Disney music trivia is kind of like family oriented. We also, I'll be honest, we try not to win all the time, even <laughs> if we could. 
just don't want to crush that. You don't want to crush the dreams of those kids too often. You know, you gotta, you gotta get, <laughs> no, it's like if we've won, like we'll, we'll go to play and to, you know, to see how much we know, but we don't always like hold our hand up for, Oh, we got this many, right. We just like, we're just there for the experience of the trivia. That's, that's a, but that's a once, skill we need to teach our friend who I think won something like six trivias when we were on an 11 night <laughs> cruise. And we, we have a picture of like, I don't know, all the medals, 20 medals. The on a, medals <laughs> the well, I, I like hope someday I go on a cruise with him. I'd love, to, <laughs> I'd love to go head to head oh, with, yeah. uh, with, with he, other you, trivia nuts. I, I'm going to tell you, like we, we need neither Brian nor I are, I mean, we're not bad at trivia, but we would not win these. We would not win these Disney focused trivia competitions without our friend and, and he, and he gets a just perfect, he gets a the perfect, competition. He gets yeah. a perfect score every time. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, I think there was one or two where he missed, like, it was like a two part and he would miss like one of the two part. Well, or they would say the official answer is X, Y, Z. And he would say, Be like, no, no that's wrong. Not. That's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're wrong. You're wrong. Like, yeah. Allow me to correct you. Right. Like how many rooms are in the contemporary hotel or something like that? You know, like you forgot the hidden room at the right, time. Right. Like, I mean, I have no idea, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, we, our favorite that we ever won was uh, movie quotes trivia because we were the only people who guessed the right answer and literally everyone else in the room guessed the same incorrect answer. It was uh, it was a quote from, I don't know if you're familiar with not another teen movie. Yes. Okay. So it was a quote from Not Another Teen Movie, which has a scene that parodies Bring It On. And in Bring It On, the line is, this is not a democracy, it's a bureaucracy. It's a bureaucracy. yeah. But in Not Another Teen Movie, it's, this is not like a democracy, it's a cheer dictatorship. Yeah. And I make the cheer decisions. <laughs> and we were literally the only people, because we're just, we're huge fans of Not Another Teen Movie. Mm -hmm. uh, we were the only people to be like, that is definitely Not Another Teen Movie. Every single other team in the room said it was bring it, it on. on. Yeah. I, I don't think I would have gotten that too. I probably would. I, I would have maybe known like, or thought it wasn't from, you know, well, I mean, I would have known the reference like was from Bring It On, but not what parody it came from. I don't know that I would have known that. Yeah. But yeah, that's really I make the funny. Decisions and I will deal with the cheer consequences. <laughs> the cheer consequences. I love the cheer tatorship line. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah, I know. In addition to trivia, you guys also had kind of a unique experience because you were contestants on Match, Match Your Me, which is like <laughs> we're our, jealous. Yeah, we're jealous because that's we actually just recorded a vlog episode with the the folks over at the Mouse Gen vlog, and we were talking about bucket list items. And one of our bucket list items is actually to be contestants on Match Your Me. So, what was that like? Jonathan? Well, first of all, like for me, bucket list is any anything with participation. Yeah. Like, so my wife and I have both been in the Indiana Jones stunt show in Hollywood Studios. And basically, so we went to Match Your Mate just to see it. I don't think my wife was super wanting to be on it, but was like, if it happens that we end up getting picked, so be it. But then, like, as soon as they were like looking for people, I was, I mean, I'll be honest, I was as loud and obnoxious as I could possibly be. <laughs> and and they picked us. Of course, this is the Star Wars cruise. So for all we know, high-ranking Disney executives <laughs> could have been sitting in the room watching just to experience how the show went. First of all, it's not fair because they give you free drinks. Yep. Like they give you free alcohol knowing that you will tell more stories after that drink. Right. Loose lips. Yeah. Loose lips. And I am a bit of, like I said, I'm a bit of a showman. So when I'm in, when I'm in that chair and you know, the host is, is, is plying me with questions and trying to 
tell the funniest stories and, you know, get in the audience, you know, hooting, hollering, you know, I'm standing up. I'm like beckoning for more applause. (laughs) I'm picturing it. Much to my, much to my wife's slight embarrassment. (laughs) But yeah, so we, uh, you know, we answered some adult themed questions that that I will not necessarily repeat, mostly because she's mortified enough that people on the ship know. Right. Well, this is a family show, so... (laughs) So we answered some fun questions and literally for the rest of the cruise, random people are coming up to us like and recognizing us as the match your mate people. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're in the elevator and this guy says to his wife, oh, my, these are the people I was telling you about. These are the people I was telling you about. Match your mate. These are the guys. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, of course, aglow at the, uh, the attention. And my wife is, of course, you know. Slightly horrified. <laughs> She's trying to hide behind yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that was that was just the coolest thing was having people congratulating you for for your stories and yeah, you become like ship celebrities. I feel like I know. Yeah, for that for the rest of that cruise. Yeah, for the rest of that cruise, and because not only were people who actually saw it did they know who we were, but obviously they were telling their friends and family on board who might not have been in attendance, you know, about what this, this insane man story is right. And so meeting me in person was apparently something of a thrill. <laughs> well, so we, and we know that most, well, all of your sailings up until now have been adults only. So are there other activities on board for adults that you really enjoy? Have you gotten to try Remy and Palo or anything like that? We we try to always do the the Palo brunch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just fantastic. The the food at the brunch is amazing. The servers for every meal on the ship, like and not just for us, but all the ones you see, you know, working all the tables. They are like the heart of the cruise, I think. The the waiter, the head waiter, you know, the assistant server man like they're what keep us going back on disney as opposed to you know trying out royal caribbean or trying out norwegian yeah th- those are the most hardworking people yeah. out there i mean in in general i don't mean like i'm sure everyone on the ship works hard in you know oh, their yeah. own capacity but like you just you see sort of the effort that the that the dining staff put into making your experience memorable with or without kids, you see even some more effort that they take with kids, like cutting up their food, making Mickey faces out of ketchup, things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's like the last, the final night meal, you know, you always, you see like the servers, you know, being included in photographs and you realize that they somehow have like seven or eight different families in, you know, over the course of cruise, you know, that they're assigned to. And somehow they manage to seem like you're their only people. We feel like they're exclusively ours because they're so attentive. They're so generous with advice, with tips on what's good. And then you look around, you're like, everyone else feels exactly that same way. They give that level of attention so that everyone feels like they were the primary focus of these servers. Yeah, they make everyone feel like a VIP, I think, to yeah. your point. And and frankly, you kind of feel like you want to adopt them into your family in a in kind yeah. of a weird way. It's funny. We have uh we actually have befriended some of the performers and ended up sort of becoming friends, you know, sort of following over Facebook their adventures. First fantasy cruise we went on in twenty fourteen. I spotted one of the actresses from the show just sort of hanging out with another actress on like deck four. I just like went up and I'm like, hi, I'm like, I don't mean to bother you, but 
I saw the show last night, and you guys are amazingly talented. They introduced me to a couple of the other performers, and I'm like, that would be my like bucket list. Of course, I'm slowly but surely aging out of it. Of course, now that I'm a father, my wife would never let me. <laughs> but that, that would have been bucket list, to be a performer on, on one of the ships. I auditioned and made it to the callback level. Was, that was as far as I got. Listen, you don't want to be in How Does Your Garden Grow anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it, makes the garden grow? Or what grow. makes the garden grow? That's my, that I actually like, that's my least favorite of, of oh, all the no. shows. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't think we can be friends. Uh, that, no. that was the show that literally sparked our love for the group. Oh, funny. Because, and I, I realize now I'm, I'm, I'm taking up your precious time talking about a show you don't care for. Yeah, it's okay. But you know, the part at the end where, can we talk about spoilers? Do people know the show enough? Can I talk yeah, about Yeah, that's okay. We'll just spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Skip ahead. Spoiler alert. Skip ahead. Turn away if if you have yet to see the show. So, you know, Dr. Greenaway is traveling, trying to find his, his happy thought and trying to believe in magic like his daughter does. And he's taken by the fairy godmother to a ball of princes and princesses, you know, and Cinderella and Prince Charming and obviously the various princes and their princesses sort of, you know, proceed out. And finally, the last person to proceed out is his daughter. Obviously, the actress is in her 20s, but she plays like 14. And, and so she's allowed to sort of play her own age at this part of the show. And she's dancing with her prince. And all of a sudden, the Dr. Greenway, the father, is sort of overcome, like, how wonderful and magical his daughter is. And he's seeing her grown up, and he's like, how can I miss all of this love and magic that she has now? I'm sort of letting that time go by, and one day she's going to be here with, you know, with her prince. And we didn't even have kids yet. We said this to each other. We're like, we're crying. We're like, <laughs> we're crying for our future child growing up. Like, we're not crying for our future child. We're crying for the child we don't have yet, like being 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. Now, Dis- Disney does a great job in, I think, like sort of every show in, in, in giving sort of a, a lesson or a theme about family and love and, and magic. And I feel like every one of their stage shows on the cruise does that or has, you know, there's some slight differences between each of them. But yeah, I don't I, I don't disagree with you on that. They do a great job with that and, and ter- pulling at those heartstrings really, really well. So speaking of your daughter, you, you now have a daughter. You're going to take her on a Disney cruise. How has that changed how you've been thinking about cruising? Has it at all? Yeah, it's definitely been sort of a shift in thought because, you know, now we're like, okay, which, you know, which of the dining rotations, first or second seating is better? Trying to sort of think about like bedtimes and what time she might want to nap. So it's, it's definitely, it's more involved like when it's just two adults, it's really kind of a freewheeling experience. You do whatever, whatever strikes your fancy on any given day. But, you know, with a kid, you sort of have to plan ahead. You sort of have to know what you want to do. Yeah. When are you taking or hoping to take her on her first cruise and how old will she be at that point? Her first cruise, assuming obviously everything goes the way we hope it will go, is November of 2021. So we basically just moved the cruise that we would be on this November back one year. Mm-hmm. She'll be two years and four months old. Okay. So still nursery age, not kids Yeah, still nursery age. age. Before we knew for sure that this upcoming November cruise was obviously going to need to be rescheduled, I'd been sort of mentally preparing for the diaper dash. Right. Oh, that's a bummer. She's kind of going to miss her window. The funny thing is she missed her window months ago. Oh. 
she uh, she turned twelve. She turned twelve months one year earlier this month, and she's been walking since she was about nine and a half months old. Oh yeah, yeah. So and so she wouldn't have she wouldn't have done the contest, right? Because she was she would have crawled one foot and then stood and then up. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And they do sometimes. I think in the diaper dash, there are some kids who are like very, very, very beginning walkers. They can you know maybe toddle a couple of steps, but yeah, they're really it's really more crawlers because that's what's fun to watch. <laughs> The funny thing about my daughter, honestly, is she has this thing where she'll crawl sarcastically. She'll she'll crawl like with these like really like over like over performative like gestures, like sort of slapping the ground with her hands, and then she sort of looks back at us like, "Can you believe this is how I used to get around?" Yeah, well, I think now that you're she's going to be over two, I think you're going to want that early dinner seating and you'll want to, yeah, that's, yeah, you'll want to book some time at the nursery so that you guys can do, you know, Apollo brunch and maybe a dinner at Apollo or Remy or, you know, a few hours here and there for, you know, spa time or, or some, or, or some trivia time or, or something like that. Yeah. The, the spa is the first place I go on the ship. Oh, nice. We, we board and literally I'm like, all right, I need to go buy my length of cruise spa pass. <laughs> Your rainforest pass. Yeah. Yeah. I need, I'm like, that's the, I need my rainforest room. I need, <laughs> I need my, uh, my showers. I need my, my hot tubs. I need the stone lounges. I'm like, I need to be, that's, that, that's the main place I spend as much time as possible. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to hear how, you know, sort of your habits and stuff change now that you, now that you have your daughter. I'm yeah. sure, you know, it, it is certainly Brian and I've cruised with and without our son and it's definitely a different experience. And we do a lot of sort of tagging off when we have our son so that each of us can do some of the adult activities like a spa treatment or the rainforest room or, or go see a movie in particular, like the Star Wars movies we've seen. Well, I think the last two we've seen on the ship for the first time. And I think, nice. and I think Rogue One maybe, and, and maybe, maybe even the um, Solo one, I can't remember remember if that one that one we might have seen for the first time on the on the cruise as well so i think that's one of the great things about the ship too is that you know you've got the adults only area and then you just walk a little ways and all of a sudden you're in the family area so you know if one of us wants to sort of hang out with her by the kids splash area yes that's cool you know and then the other one can go you know maybe do something just for themselves or we can tag off there's so much to do like together as a family and yeah uh, and to to answer Brian's question, my favorite adults activity is karaoke. Yeah, <laughs> uh, nice. No cruise goes by without a stop at the uh, karaoke night. See, so you and Sam can be friends because yeah, that's be where friends. she would head. Yeah. So I, I have. It's so funny. That's like the one activity on Disney Cruise Line that I have not done because the times that we have cruised, either just the two of us or with a friend, like nobody's wanted to go with me. And karaoke is one of those things where I, I don't like. I, I will totally. I'm not afraid to sing in front of people, but I want like some support. I don't want to be there by myself, right? So yeah. So maybe we have to cruise with you guys then. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I will be your plus one for karaoke. Sounds good. Maybe we can sing a whole new world. Well, Jonathan, before we head into rapid fire, I just had one other question for you, which is, do you have a favorite cruise? You've been on nine cruises, one away from the coveted platinum castaway club status. So, but do you have a favorite cruise of the nine that you've been on? It's definitely a tie. And I, I don't know if that's a cop out, but it's definitely a tie because the one that we were on with uh, my mother and my wife's sister is kind of, it's definitely my sentimental favorite. My, my mom and I, 
growing up, she was a single mother. Um, my, my father passed away. And we sort of, we always bonded over a shared love of Anne of Green Gables oh. and, and Prince Edward Island. And so being on a cruise and getting to see Halifax, that, just being able to walk around in Canada together was kind of, it was the culmination of, you know, a lot of dreams that we both had when I was a kid was sort of, you know, just getting to be in a Canadian town and just experience that culture. So I think that's, and especially now that unfortunately she's passed away, I think in terms of nostalgia and warm feelings, that's, that's definitely the sentimental favorite cruise I've been on. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely memory to have of you two together. Yeah. And our best, I'd say our best overall was probably the the first fantasy cruise that we went on. Um, that was the one where, where I met the stage performers and sort of got to befriend a couple of them. And the fantasy, I, I think with the fantasy, what they did is they took everything that worked about the dream and it gave them a chance to kind of figure out what maybe didn't work as well. Mm -hmm. And it felt like it all got fixed in a fantasy. The dream always felt a little crowded, but somehow the fantasy never felt the same way, even though they're basically the same size. And it felt like there were more places to find yourself on the fantasy. Like you you could wander and find like a little bar here or there. It's just, it definitely felt like they looked at the dream and were like, okay, so if we're building the dream now, what would stay? What would we change? And that's pretty much, it feels like what the fantasy is. So the fantasy was the first seven night we did. Oh, uh, then you, that just blew everything out of the water, I'm sure. Oh my goodness. Seven night, that, that's, that's something else. Cause you really, you, you start to just forget every problem that might be waiting for you, you know, on shore. You just, it's, it's the, I don't know if we could do longer. Like we might start to get a little restless, but man, seven nights, it's, just, it's the sweet well, spot. Well, I'll tell you, you with your, well, but with, with your love of Broadway, uh, you would actually really appreciate the longer cruises because they bring out on those longer cruises, some special entertainment. They'll have a Broadway star or two on board to do some entertainment and They had an acapella group and, on, yeah, yeah, the one. So we did an 11 night Southern Caribbean and we had Christina Bianco, the woman of a thousand or a hundred voices. We had Telly uh, Long. Tally Long, who played Aladdin on Broadway um, and had been in a bunch of other Broadway shows. And then there was a an acapella group out of Orlando, Florida, and I can't remember their name for the life of me, but they were really amazing and performed, um, you know, two or three times as well. And so there are some really cool performers that you sometimes get on these unique or longer itineraries that you don't get on. So you and would probably really enjoy. It. And if you're platinum, we had like a special, our friend was platinum. And so he brought us to a special platinum reception that they did yeah. in the theater where they did like a behind the scenes like they ran they of, ran a, uh, Aladdin yeah, yeah they ran a scene you. they ran a scene from Aladdin and then you know they ran the scene and then they turned down the stage mics turned up the the backstage, uh, the backstage mics. mics so you could kind of hear how they they operated the scene from the lighting wow. and sound and, all awesome. and how they move you know moving the sets and things like that all their communication is really cool yeah, yeah. so yeah. So yeah, definitely longer cruise. I think you would enjoy, but, and, and, you know, great to hear you've got some great memories on Disney cruise line. I suspect you'll have even more great memories now with your daughter heading on board. So that's, that's going to be, I think really fun for you. So yeah, but well, let's, let's wrap up the show as we love to wrap up every show, which is rapid fire. So Sam, I'm going to let you do the rapid fire round because it's your favorite round. So yeah. take it away. So, Jonathan, the, the only rule about rapid fire is there are no rules. So, all right. So your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Favorite Disney or Pixar character? I like Joy from Inside Out. I just, I love her irrepressible optimism. Okay. Your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Favorite is probably Wally, just because they do so much and you only realize about halfway through that you haven't heard an actual human character speak and you don't even notice it because they tell the story visually so well. So I think Wally would definitely be my favorite. 
Yeah, I totally agree on the way they tell that story. It's amazing. Your favorite Disney song? Favorite Disney song? I think probably uh, Gaston. Just the big tavern number. The no one spits like Gaston. I just, that that whole song is just is amazing. Although I can't imagine eating six dozen eggs. I think <laughs> a little sick. Do you prefer the live action version or the original animated um, version um, of the song? I'm I'm biased towards the live action version. Oh, interesting. Um, because it sort of extends the song with a uh, more fun dancing. The, the synchronized mug clinking, which was just terrifically fun choreography to learn. Yeah, they did a great job with that. Favorite DCL ship? Favorite ship is probably going to be the fantasy. The size, the restaurants, the seven days. I think that's definitely my favorite ship. Favorite rotational dining restaurant? I'm going to pick a new one and say uh, Tiana's Place. That blew us away. Like the live music that they played during the meal, it was just these three guys, you know, guitar, like a drum, like a fiddle. And it set such a cool vibe. And the menu, you know, so New Orleans and Cajun. It just, it wasn't like any of the other restaurants we've been to. And so I think that's, I think that's my favorite. I can't wait to get back there. Your favorite adult dining. So this is not just Paolo versus Remy, but which particular meal? I'm going to say Palo, the brunch at Palo, just because you can do it in the morning. You So you get up, you have a little bit of breakfast, and then a couple hours later, you go to Palo and you stuff yourself silly. <laughs> You've got your mimosa. There's so much food and everything is great. And the servers are like, what else can we get you? And you're like, oh, I can try that. And they're like, definitely try that. <laughs> and then you get back your room and you take like a nap with sun streaming in and it's very relaxing. Your favorite onboard food? I'm going to say the chicken fingers. And <laughs> they're, they're so good. The very first cruise we went on, I knew generally how it worked, you know, that the food was was included in the price. But knowing and experiencing are kind of two different things. <laughs> so I, I go up and I'm like, I'd like chicken fingers and french fries, please. And they just they hand them over to me and and I walked up to my wife and I'm like, I just asked for chicken fingers and they just gave them to me. <laughs> they didn't like ask for money. They just handed me chicken fingers. So chicken fingers have a very special place in my heart. Just they're the first that, that was the first thing on the first cruise that sort of set the stage for, oh, they really take care of, you know, and everything is included in the price. So it's still the first thing I eat when we get on board. We head for the cabanas. I get my chicken fingers, my French fries, and a salad just to make it feel like there's something healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I same. I start every cruise with the chicken fingers. That's it's, so funny. It's, okay, your favorite part of the ship. Favorite part of the ship is deck four on um, whatever side of the ship is facing away from the sun. I'm a bit of a, I like the dark. <laughs> uh, I don't like, I sunburn on a cloudy day. <laughs> Your favorite DCL itinerary. So an itinerary that you've been on where you just love the itinerary. I'm probably going to say the Canada. We've done two. And the first Canada one was, it was St. John's and then it was Halifax and a couple of days at sea. And there's some awesome ports. Don't get me wrong. Some awesome ports in the Caribbean and in the Bahamas. But like I said, Canada has like a certain magic for me. Now, the last question is, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict inside my own head, but I'm not going to say it out loud, what your bucket list cruise is. Now, this could be, this is going to be on Disney, but it doesn't have to be even someplace that Disney currently sails. So it could just be you want to cruise there and you want to cruise it on Disney, whether it's on their current itineraries or, or not. My, if, if, 
if money were no object, I would want to do magic cruise up into Norway, see the, you know, see the fjords, see, you know, see ports in Norway. When Norway uh, opened as a country in Epcot, you know, and, and people would get off the ride and sometimes they just go bombing through the exit. They wouldn't stop the, the film. I always made my family stop and see the film. It seemed like a magical place. So yeah, I think getting to cruise up the coast of Norway would be my bucket list cruise. Mm, nice. I was I was wrong. I was going to guess Alaska, but that but the Norway one makes sense because you like the cold weather cruises. So both of those kind of fit in your fit in your wheelhouse. When for for what it's worth, when you were asking the question, I was preparing to say Alaska, but then I remembered they'd done the Norway cruise. And I'm like, oh yeah. So for what's worth, you were like ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jonathan, it's been great talking Disney Cruise Line with you this evening. We really appreciate you coming on the show um, and sharing your experiences. I hope you have many, many more wonderful Disney Cruise Line memories with your daughter and your future. But, but thank you for coming on and sharing your experiences. Oh, hey, thank you guys for having me. It's been a hoot. So we really hope you enjoyed hearing Jonathan's story this evening uh, to go from a cast member in the college program to meeting his wife through the college program to both of them being sort of lifelong Disney fans and now Disney Cruise Line addicts too, one away from that coveted platinum status. Uh, and now they have their daughter and they're going to experience Disney in a totally different way. So really hope you enjoyed hearing Jonathan's story. We loved having him on. It was just a blast to talk to him. So. And just a reminder, this is the, uh, the last episode we have until the start of the Turkey Lurkey 5K, which is running all next week. So starting this weekend through the weekend following Thanksgiving, get out there, walk, run, jog, crawl at 5K, walk back and forth to your fridge enough times to meet the 5K, you know, have fun with it, post pictures, uh, use the hashtag Turkey Lurkey 5K, tag us, and uh, we'll enter you to win some fabulous prizes from the DCL Duo, including some DCL Duo swag, a signed copy of the 55ers from David Koenig, his most recent book, and a cast key challenge pin featuring Minnie Mouse. So some great prizes there. Appreciate the co-sponsorship with the DCL podcast and Rope Drop Radio. You can still head over to Tee Public to buy a Turkey Lurkey 5K t-shirt to help us support fundraising for autism on the seas. Uh, so yeah, look forward to participating. Look forward to seeing those pictures out there. With that, I did just want to thank everyone for listening this week. We really appreciate all of our listeners out there. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts. Those reviews are helpful in making the podcast more visible to people who might be looking for our content. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed in the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have a question about Disney Cruise or Walt Disney Vacation, please contact contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.